This podcast may contain strong language, mainly the F word. That's Wait, right. What the fuck? N- football. Mm. Therefore, if the podcast is not for you, you know what to do. Listen anyway, and who knows, you may even enjoy it. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Next Goal Wins podcast. The podcast that isn't a podcast. Podcast. Matt Ponter and Curtis Goodwin join me once again. Last, the last podcast, boys, well, obviously we played the commentary at the end of the game. It was all about to do with the championship. And like we said, we're going to put all our listeners out of their misery. The answer was the incredible Ricardo Vazte. And without further ado, let's listen to that. Four coming in here for West Ham. Will it fall to one of them? It just might be Colton Cole. Vazte! Ricardo Vazte might just have found West Ham back to the Premier League. Okay, boys, you know what it is. It's time for the bare necessities of round one. I'm taking this one again for the third week in a row because just no one else wants to do it. Okay, anyway, moving on. Question number one. Which two current Premier League sides have hosted the most recent England friendlies? Which two Premier League sides have hosted the most recent England friendlies? Okay then, I'm going to go to Curtis Goodwin first because Matt Ponter is looking around trying to find the answers. <laughs> Curtis, what are your answers? Uh, yeah, I think one was Southampton because I remember them hosting, I think it was Kosovo at St Mary's. Um, the second one I'm not too sure, so I'm going to go for Aston Villa because I'm guessing it's a big enough ground to hold, a, um, to hold an England friendly, so that's my second choice. Okay, and Mr Ponter? See, I know um, England are due to play at Villa Park, but I think lockdown stopped that from happening. So I know St Mary's is one of them, or I've got St Mary's as one of them. Again, I'm struggling for the other team, or the other ground rather, which I should know because, well, as you'll find out later on, my round is about this sort of thing. Um, Oh dear. I'm going to go Old Trafford, Manchester United. Okay. So, you're both correct. Southampton is up there. However, it's Leicester at the King Power Stadium. It is. I know it is. I looked at the answers. I know it is. <laughs> However, you, you can redeem yourselves. You can redeem yourselves. If you can tell me which sides England played at St. Mary's and the King Power Stadium, I will give you two points. Two points. Is that it? Well, one point per round. Yes, of course. That, that's that's what you're getting. Okay, not long on that one. Um, I'll start with you this time. The two, uh, I've got, oh. both, got both of them, I think. Uh, Kosovo was the one. And Switzerland, I think, was the other one. Okay. Well, Curtis, you said Kosovo first, so I'm pretty sure you're going to stick with that. Um, what about the Switzerland one? Are you going to change or are you going to stick? No, I've gone Kosovo and Switzerland as well. Okay, boys, you are both correct. Uh, you both get two points. It was Kosovo and Switzerland. So, three each at the start of the round. So, it's a pretty high-scoring one this week so far. Okay, so Chelsea take on Matt's Aston Villa on Sunday. But can you tell me, who was the last English player to score for England in the competitive match? Who was the last English player to score in the competitive match? Okay, Curtis Goodwin, I'm going to come to you first on that one. Any ideas? Um, it's a tough one again. I'm gonna go with Tammy Abraham. Okay, and Matt Ponza. No idea. Um, I remember Kane scored, and there was an own goal. If if we're going off the Kosovo game being, hopefully that last game that England played. I'm not sure. I'm gonna go because it was someone young. I'm gonna go. Jaden Sancho. Okay, you're both wrong. The answer is Mason Mount. He scored against Kosovo in the last minute and it was 4-0. If you read the question, listen to the question, boys. Chelsea, yeah? Chelsea. But don't worry, we're staying with Chelsea. All right, for question three. Timo Werner has now agreed and he is officially a blue. Great signing for Chelsea, isn't it? But can you tell me against what side did Tammy Abraham score his first goals against this season? Okay, Matt Ponter, any ideas on that question? I'm trying to think of who Chelsea played early on this season for him to score against. It definitely wasn't us. 
I hope. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, did score against us though. I remember. I'm going to go for someone like Everton. Okay. Curtis? Yeah, I've matched that same exact answer as well. Okay, again, boys, you're both wrong. The answer was Norwich. He scored a brace in a 3-2 win for Frank Lampard's first win, I think, as yes, Chelsea manager. Okay, boys. I had, Norwich. I had Norwich in my head, but it didn't say it, so oh well. I'll get, I'll get a point in my head. Yeah. Question four. I mean, we're moving away now from the Premier League. Slightly, well, I say slightly. Which Real Madrid star returned last night and scored with his first touch as they beat Villarreal 3 0? Okay, Curtis is nodding. Curtis, you know that quite quite all right, yeah? Yeah, I saw it on uh, I saw it on social media. I didn't actually watch the game as I was too busy watching the uh, the playoffs. But yeah, I think it was Essentio. Uh, Matt Ponta? Yeah, Essentio, yeah. I think. Are we correct? Oh, both are correct. Yes, Essentio scored in a 3-0 win against Valencia. Moving okay. on to question five. We're staying in Europe. Okay, there's one point up for grabs These uh, question for this answer, lads. Can you tell me which two PSG players are leaving the club when the transfer window opens? One of them has been linked with a move to the Premier League. Which two PSG players are leaving? Okay, Matt Ponter, any ideas? Should be on top of this, I suppose. But again, no, not really. Did you want a blank? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> the only name coming to head, to my head at the moment, is Julian Jackson, because I know he wanted to move at some point. Whether it's still in the news now, I don't know. So I'm just going to say him oh, and hope that there's a point there. I've been really harsh on this question. I want both of them to get the point. Damn it. So, Curtis Goodwin, can you help out and take the lead? Yeah, I think I think I know one. I may screw myself over with this, but he was linked uh, to Arsenal, actually. Um, 35-year-old defender Thiago Silva, I think, is one. And I think the other one is coming to the end of his contract, and I think it's Edison Cavani. Okay, the acknowledgement from Matt Ponta tells you all you need to know. Curtis Goodwin is correct. He takes the lead 5-4. It is Cavani and Silva. So it's 5-4 to Curtis. Okay, question six. Which ex-Arsenal youngster scored a free kick last night to put his side in the lead in the playoffs as they won 1-0? I had to give this one because there is one Villa question in there and there is one Arsenal question in there as well. Okay. Curtis, I'll come to you first because I think you've actually probably named him during, beforehand um, when you said you were watching the playoffs last night. So, any ideas? Yeah, I think it was Cohen Brammer, wasn't it? Um, interestingly, I don't know. I think, did he leave about two seasons ago, did he? I think because he wasn't there very long. I don't think he was there very long. But Wenger brought him in, yeah. I know that. Yeah. And he don't really make a first-team appearance. But um, Cohen Brammer, we will say. Uh, Matt Ponter? Yeah, I'm going to go snap. It was a good free kick as well to, to finally add a, a goal onto the score sheet. I was messaging you, Luke. Yeah, I was going to say. It's another nil-nil coming on here. Oh, trust and, us. Uh, and no, no, we were okay. So I thought, anyway. Yes, the answer is Cohen Bramble, boys. So as it stands, it's 6-5 to Curtis. So as we approach, question seven. Now, Everton play Liverpool on Sunday in the Merseyside derby. But how long has it been since Everton won a Merseyside derby in the Premier League? Do you want the how many years it's been or the year that it I just, what, no, Sorry, I want the what in what year did they win it? What year did they last win a game in the Premier League against Liverpool? Okay, that's enough time. Uh Ponson, because you are six five down, I'll come to you first. What year did they last win? I've got a feeling they haven't won it in like I'm gonna say Around because I remember around about 2010 was the last time I remember Everton. I'm going to say it's 10 years ago, 2010. Okay, Curtis, any ideas? I've gone a year out than that, so I've gone 2011. Okay, so someone has got the right answer. Potter has brought it back level. It is 2010. Curtis Mikel Arteta scored in that game, and it was a 2 0 win for Everton. However, lads, staying with the Merseyside derby. 
Can you tell me the last time Everton won it at Anfield? Okay, uh, Curtis, come to you on first. When was the last time Everton won the derby in the league at Anfield? Yeah, another, another little guess here. Um, so I'm going 2005. Okay, and Matt Ponson? I'm going to say 2007. Okay, so you're both wrong. It's actually 1999. They won 1-0 and Kevin Campbell scored the winner wow. in four minutes. Yes. So no points there. But moving on to question eight at six all. Very even so far. So Spurs Manchester United is tonight, as we've discussed. But can you tell me what English player scored the last goal at the old White Hart Lane? Okay, Curtis, I'm coming to you first on that one. Any ideas? Who was the last English player to score at the old White Hart Lane? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a very um, well-known kind of goal scorer, but I'm going to go for Eric Dyer. Okay, and Matt Ponta. I was going to say Harry Kane. We're going to go straight down and say Harry Kane. Okay, it is a tricky question because Harry Kane scored in the game and they beat Manchester United 2-1, but they went 2-0 up. And it was Wayne Rooney that brought it back to 2-1. The answer is Wayne Rooney. Would you believe it? Would you believe it? Okay. Uh, Believe it now. Well, believe it now. Question nine. I mean, it's quite a simple one, this boys. But which Manchester City star has rejected his contract offer that he's been offered and will leave this season? Okay. Matt Poncher, I'll come to you first on that one. Any ideas? Again. Oh, um, no. I read it earlier, I think. I'm going to say Leroy Sane. Okay, Curtis? Yep, snap, Leroy Sane. Okay, both correct. It's both 7 or It's Leroy Sane. He's <coughs> linked with a move to a Bayern Munich. Okay, uh, question 10 is worth two points. There is two parts to this question. But the first part is to do with Ryan Fraser. He will leave Bournemouth at the end of the season. But who has he now scored his last goal against in a Bournemouth shirt? It's a tough one because this is the only goal he's scored, I think, this season as well. He scored one goal this season, but who against? Hmm. 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 Curtis, I'll come to you first. Any ideas on that one? It's interesting, actually, because I didn't know that fact, Luke. So, again, within your round, I'm learning a lot of things. But, uh, no, I'm going to go for Crystal Palace. Okay. Uh, Mr. Ponza. I don't think it was. I think... I'm trying to think of what game I remember watching him playing because it's been a long time since I've actually watched Bournemouth and paid attention to him. Um, I'm going to say he scored against Arsenal. Okay. Potter, you've said the the team already, but, you know, they've been wrong. Some of the questions have been about this team as well. Curtis, you're wrong as well. The answer is Everton. He scored against Everton. And it finished 3-1 to Bournemouth. But don't worry, boys, it's 7-0, so this could decide it. It finished 3-1 to Bournemouth. But can you tell me which player scored the other two goals for Bournemouth that day? Okay. I'm going to go Ponta first on this one. It's a pure guess, but knowing the amount of goals he scored this season wouldn't surprise me. Callum Wilson. Okay, Curtis, are you in agreement or disagreement? I'm disagreeing. Uh, I'm going to go Solanke. Okay, well, you've got to think of the theme as well. I mean, obviously, it might sound a little bit appropriate, but someone has got the right answer. It did finish 3-1 to Bournemouth. Ryan Fraser scored. Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored for Everton when it was his fellow England international Callum Wilson, they got the other two. Ponta yes. takes the points. 8-7 again. Can anyone beat Matt Ponta? We wait and see. And by the way, before people correct me and say fellow international, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is an England international because he played at youth level. And mark my words, he will be playing for the senior team in the seasons to come because he is a very good striker. Anyway, at the end of that round, the scores are Matt Ponta 8, Curtis Goodwin 7. Over to Matt Ponta for the stadium quiz. That's right. Welcome back to What's That Ground, the part of the quiz that tests your knowledge of football stadiums and the teams that play there. All you need to do is listen to the clues I give you, two points for naming the club and three bonus points for naming the stadium. You know the drill by now, boys, and don't worry, I can't take a 15-point clean sweep this week because I am actually hosting the round again. So, if you're ready and you've got your pens and paper, let's get on 
stadium number one. England played Spain at this ground in February 2001, claiming a 3-0 victory. It has been the home to this club since 1897. There are two railway stations less than a mile from the ground that has hosted 16 England internationals to date. It has also hosted many FA Cup semi-finals until they moved them all to Wembley after 2007. There is a pub located behind one of the stands which was refurbished in 2006. So, lock in your answers, boys. Get them written down and we'll go to Luke first because he's got his hands on his head. We're not going to have another debate over which stadium it is, are we? No, I'm going to go straight for it, this one. I'm going to say Ellen Road. Leeds, Ellen Road. Hey, Luke's gone Leeds and Ellen Road. Curtis? No, I'm going to disagree with that. I think this stadium's a little bit more closer to your heart, Ponta, so I'm going to go Villa Park. And the club? Aston Villa. Just to make sure that you got all five points, Curtis, you are correct. <laughs> well done. You've actually got some points, boys, in the round. If it was Aston Villa with Villa Park for round number one. Well done. So, stadium number two. England lost 3-1 to Australia when they played at this stadium, which no longer exists in London. It was the home of this club since 1904 until, no, that will give it away. It held a capacity of just over 35,000 and was briefly shared with Charlton Athletic during the early 1990s. The ground sold for £40 million at its closure and the club moved in to their new home. Looks a bewilderment on both Luke and Curtis's face. Obviously, this is a radio podcast, so you wouldn't be able to see their reactions. But I must say, I do enjoy it every time. Curtis is staring down at his paper, going, "What is that team?" Luke's got his hand on his head and he's looking around for inspiration. Someone, tell me. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go first on this one. Uh, I'm guessing offer some of the clues that you said about not it's, it was in London but obviously it's not there anymore uh, so I'm going to go White Hart Lane Tottenham Okay Luke do you agree disagree have you got any thoughts of your own uh, I can see where Curtis is coming from because it's not in London anymore um, just trying to think Charlton is obviously you know South London so is Millwall um, I don't really think that matters. Really don't know. But I'm going to take a guess and just say West Ham because I know that stadium's obviously not been there anymore. So I'll say West Ham and I'll say the stadium which was whatever you want to call it, the Berlin Ground or Upton Park, but Berlin Ground. So I'll say West Ham. Well, trust your instincts, Luke, because you are spot on and correct there with West Ham, Upton Park, <laughs> Berlin Ground, whatever you want to call it. So it's five apiece. So wow. this next statement could give it away. So let's move on to stadium number three. This ground saw England beat Croatia 3-1 and was the international side's first ever visit here. It has hosted many youth international games since and other sporting events. It's the largest capacity ground in its respective area in the east of England, holding 30,000 spectators. It was also one of the first grounds to host the BBC cameras as this team played Birmingham City on TV. Slightly more tricky one to end off the round there, just to make sure that uh, you don't always get every single point. You've done well this week, boys, I must say. Sorry, can you repeat the last clue? It was one of the first grounds to host the BBC cameras as this team played Birmingham City on TV. Oh, my geography is shocking. The east of England. Mm, I know. Um, Curtis seems to know it. Luke, I'll come to you first if you've got any, any thoughts. East of England, 30,000 spectators. I'm not giving you any more clues, but... Curtis is struggling to think of the ground that the team that he's thought oh. of that could or could not be correct. You never know. Did you um, say 2001? Did you, or did I just hear that from somewhere else? I didn't say 2001 until... You said Croatia. You're making... I said England beat Croatia 3-1. Oh, 3-1. So, boys, time to lock in your answers then. Uh, you've had too much thinking to go on with. Luke, 
Uh, geography is honestly shocking. I know that Southampton's obviously in the south east of England and stuff like that. Um, but I don't think it's anywhere near there. I'm gonna just take a absolute plumb and go for the DW stuff and go for Wigan Athletic. I think you might have played there in the past. I'm not sure. Curtis, well, it a lot of my guests kind of came off of where teams are situated around the country. Um, and you said east. And my first initial thoughts was Norwich, but I, I, I'm not going to go for Norwich. I'm going to go for their rivals, which is Ipswich. Um, and I struggle to name their stadium, but I think it's, is it Portman Road? It is Portman Road, the Ipswich player, and they are rivals with Norwich City. It's not Wigan. Wigan's it, in the north. Is it Derby? No. Curtis is spot on with Ipswich and Portman Road. So Curtis takes the five points from that round, which makes it 10-5 to Curtis, who is the stadium quiz winner. And I think that brings us all nicely back to you, Luke. Yes, brings us all nicely to me. Oh, boys, I can't do this stadium quiz anymore. Goodness me, this is this embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, I just do not have an idea. Uh, all, all the clues just seem to confuse me, but um, it is time for that round. Yes, this little bit of conversation. It is time for the... Random Topic Generator! <laughs> and without further ado, uh, like always, I'll pass over to Matt Ponter because it's time for him to spin the wheel. And remember what he said last week, 48 to go. Well, it was 49 to go last week because we used one. So today is 48 to go. 48 to go. Yeah, okay, fine. Well, let me just click the button. Let's go. Here we go. Wheel is spinning and it stopped. You have to pick one moment from your university life to share with us now. That is the random topic discussion today. One moment from your university life. It could be a night out. It could have been a night in. It could have been anything that happened. And we'll start with you, Luke. Okay, so every time I uh, think about this story, it just makes me laugh. It's one of those stories where you have to have been there to, to, to think it's really, really funny, but it was funny now. He's a good friend of all of ours, Dave Miller. Uh, we'll hope to get him on in the, in the podcast in a few weeks. Um, but picture the scene. There's about 10 of us on uh, the... We're just sitting outside our rooms, uh, chilling in the hallway in the uni halls. And uh, Dave's come out of the kitchen and he's got a uh, pizza chicken nuggets, garlic bread and sweet corn, a variety of things because, you know, Dave is a self-proclaimed chef and he won't mind me saying that himself. And um, he, he comes out and I can't even remember what he tripped over of, but he tripped over something. And as a result, he dropped half of the food and it was on the floor. Now, we all found it hilarious. Point, I think you were there when wetting yourself like me. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really funny. Now, boys, any, anyone else in that situation, you would, you know, would be like a bit frustrated, but they'd probably eat the rest of their food. Oh, no, no, not Dave. Dave had a more of a better idea. Dave decided to drop the rest of the food with the other food on the floor, chuck his plate away on the floor, and go into his um, room, lock his door, and not come out for the rest of the night. And he only got to about quarter to 11 when I messaged him. I said, are you all right, mate? And he went, yeah, I'm just a little bit upset. It was the funniest thing. And I still don't know to this, to this day the reason why he did it. <laughs> it was, honestly, I was in tears. I was crying my eyes out. For someone to drop the rest of the food on the floor, leave the plate there, and then, you know, he, he said a bit of foul language as well, which probably made it even, even better. Um, it, it, was, it was so funny. It was one of the moments that will always stick out for me. I remember we always talk about it, and I remember it, it was a case of he'd got, like we said, he dropped half a plate of food, he tripped over, and he's got like, he's got a good half left. Like, he's, you know, he had six chicken nuggets, he's now got about two or three left on the plate and a fair bit of sweet corn or whatever left. And it's just the way that he just sort of looked at his plate, looked at us, and just went, oh, forget it. Just sort of looked at his plate, turned it over, just went, no, that's it. If it's on the floor, it's all going on the floor, and just slammed the door behind him. It was honestly something out of a comedy sketch, and it was brilliant. And I think it was really oh, funny that we just didn't see him for the rest of the night afterwards. We kept knocking on his door, and he just wouldn't come out. It was... <laughs> it was very very funny but um, Paul, I'll come to you um, what about your f- uh, funniest moment I know you were there for days but I'm pretty sure that's not your funniest moment no it's the, my funniest moment's weird because it involves you and we spoke about it earlier actually we've spoken about it a few times it's not 
it's not going to be one of the the funniest moments because there have been too many. I've seen friends of mine on a drunk night out headbutt a sign that they picked up in the road um, because they thought it was funny to try and carry that home. Um, but that that was funny in its own sense. But this I found just hilarious because of the amount of times that I've said it since and every time I walk past this spot, I still have the visions of you saying it. So to set the scene, Luke um, was doing a, a package about Southampton. It was the third, <laughs> it was rated, he knows. It was the third best city uh, in the UK at the time. And he thought, oh, Matt, we're going to do, um, I'm going to do a story on this and I need you to come and help me film. And um, anyway, we go down outside St. Mary's because we thought it's a perfect place to start. It's the football team. It's the culture of the city. Uh, then we went on a walk, a walking tour around the rest. And, and the first line he said was, Southampton have been voted the third best city in the UK. <laughs> it was just the way. And I, I remember getting him to repeat about six, seven, eight times. It's just the way he went, it's the best city, but why? <laughs> and every time, every time I walk past the bit where we filmed it, I send him a photo and saying, but why? But why? <laughs> It's one of those personal things where every time something like this happens, I'm just always like, but why? But why? But why? Oh, that is a funny moment. People do ask me why I said that, and I go, uh, <laughs> why did you say that? <laughs> I, I don't know why. <laughs> why? Why? I don't know. Um, oh, why, why, fun, why? Delighted. We had so much fun, though. It was very, very funny. And you're right, I do sort of walk past up the hill just before and, and do look at that. I, I actually get it when, I, when we go to the Mayflower instead. Yeah. I always remember <laughs> the watch bit. Oh, I've got a train to catch. Fancy joining me? I'm thinking, oh, God. <laughs> I remember um, it being freezing cold that oh, night as well. It was about but, four, why, but why? But why? It's been four hours, didn't we? From about half five to about half nine in the freezing cold in Southampton, you know. It's not really blessed for sunshine. Walking around with big equipment filming this walk and talk and we went to the christmas market as well afterwards i think that was probably the oh, best yeah. part of him. um but oh, that was that yeah thanks for that <laughs> um okay so i hope your um funniest moment doesn't involve me because if it is then oh god i don't know what i'll do clean sweet <laughs> well uh unfortunately it doesn't i mean si similar to what matt said you know we've had so many funny moments all together but um i do remember there was one situation where like you you know saturday Typically, in a normal kind of, you know, season, you, you, you go down to the pub and you watch the football. I think it was uh, Manchester City. Uh, Manchester, we're all at the pub and we're all drinking and we're all enjoying our time there. And I don't know about you two, but once you've had one or two, you fancy having another one and then it builds up to another one. And in the end, you know, we, we stay there for the three o'clock and we're like, yeah, we may as well stay there and watch the on a Saturday, all enjoying it, you know, still having a drink. And then we head down to Yates. Uh, which is the typical, you know, big place for a student. You know, it's got the student burger and everything. And it was uh, Huddersfield against Liverpool. Anyway, oh, right. I, I think I can, I can say for a lot of people, it was one of the worst games in the season. I mean, there was, there was one, but I mean, you take that goal out of it and it was a terrible, terrible game. Bear in mind, I've been drinking since the early kickoff. It was so bad, it was so bad that I literally put my feet up on the table and I crashed out for about 50 minutes of the game. That's how bad it was. And I just fell asleep throughout the whole thing. I mean, it was horrible. Um, but yeah, that was one funny moment. Like you said, you have to be there to, to enjoy it. But yeah, so like, like I said, I think we've all had very good moments all together. So you've just confessed on a podcast that you fell asleep in a pub. I fell asleep in a pub. I, I can confirm that. Yes. Yes. I fell asleep in a pub. That's unreal. That is unreal. Do you know what? That also, it's also a bit like England, isn't it? Because England have ten, tended to fall asleep when it comes to, you know, recent tournaments, you know, whether it's been the Euros or, or the World Cup. Um, so I think without further ado, Curtis, we'll, we'll hand over to your round. Thank you very much, Luke, for that introduction. I am finally back on mine and your favourite round of the podcast. It is time for the... What's the theme of the week? What theme of the week? The theme of the week. Let's find out. Theme of the week! Let's find out. Theme of the week! <laughs> yes, it is the theme of the week. And as you can probably tell throughout the whole podcast, it is on England, and this week we are calling it 
the world in motion. Uh, so boys, I've got a, a sequence of questions that will all link to England in the Euros and the failure that they have had. Some can call it, they've actually been Brexit within the Euros. They've left very early, typically. So, without further ado, let's start with question number one. In the UEFA Euros 2016, England's group consisted of Wales, Slovakia and Russia. But in England's first game against Russia, the score ended 1-1. Who scored the goal? So, throughout the, 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 these questions, you'll probably recognise that we're going to start with the most kind of current Euros and then get down uh, in, a, in an opposite order. So, it'd be interesting to see your knowledge from kind of current standards to the historical standards. But uh, Yeah, not the problem down, let, Thanks, mate. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so Luke, we, we'll start off with you for that comment. <laughs> um, I think it was Eric Dyer from a free kick after 73 minutes. And Matt? Yeah, I'm going to nod the head and then um, Beratutsky scored a last-minute equaliser and we were just, oh, yeah. terrible. Glad you said that because I forgot who equalised and I was panicking. Who, <laughs> who equalized. I, think I, got, I think I got his name right anyway. Yeah. Interestingly, I had his name on my notes and I was hoping that one of you were going to say that. So thanks, Matt, because my pronunciation <laughs> of some players is absolutely terrible. Uh, but yeah, you both correct. Yeah, it was Eric Dyer. Question number two, sticking with that most recent competition, uh, Everton had two players that represented them. For one point, name the two players. So, I mean, if you're struggling with these ones, then it's going to be very interesting to see how you do when, it, when, uh, when the round comes to the end at the end. It'll be very interesting. Uh, so we go with Matt Ponto. What? Ross Barkley was one of them. I'm trying to think of who the other... Everton player was. Okay, we, we, we keep you with Ross Barkley. Luke, have we got any idea for the other one? If it's 2016, it's going to, uh, it's either Jordan Pickford if you move from Sunderland to Everton, or it's either Leighton Baines. Um, oh, I don't know. I'm going to go with Leighton Baines because I think Jordan Pickford moved in 2017. So I'll say Leighton Baines. So you're going Leighton Baines and, and Ross Barkley. I think Ross Barkley and Ross Barkley. Did it, Everton. Okay, right? and, Matt, and, and Matt Ponter? Hmm, I can't remember. Did John Stones move to City by then? Oh, that's a point. So I'm going to say John Stones in the hope that he hadn't have moved to City already. Oh, well, a... you've you both locked in your answers and I can say that you both got one right. And Matt Ponter, you were also correct with John Stones. Yes, it was John oh, Stones and Ross Barkley. Yes. So well, well done there, Matt. You've got another point. Get in. Well, remember. Good start for you, Matt. Good start for you, Matt. Well, Luke, there's still lots. There's still lots of points to pick up, mate. So don't worry. Right. Question three. We're now moving from the 2016 Euros to the 2012. So in the 2012 Euros, England made the quarterfinals after finishing top of Group D. The game went to penalties against Italy. But can you name the two players that missed the penalties for England? And this is for one point. One, one point, point for both of them. Yeah, one point for both of them. Harsh, that. There's lots of points. There's lots of points, Luke. Don't worry. There's lots to come up, mate. Uh, so for this one, we will go with Luke Henry. Um, they're not known as a as a duo. You know, you've had the two runnies, but I have a feeling this is the two Ashleys. I'm going to say Ashley Young and Ashley Cole missed the penalties, and England lost four two. Uh, Matt Ponter. Were you wearing your Ashley Cole shirt at the time, Luke? I wasn't. Or... Surprisingly, that was perfectly <laughs> been a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I agree. Ashley Young and uh, Ashley Cole on that one. You're correct. Yeah, the, the duo of athletes in the team, it was, yeah, it was Ashley Cole and Ashley Young. Yeah, so there, boys, yeah, that is uh, points for both of you there. Sorry, can I just say, for the people listening, the, the story behind uh, what Man Ponte just said, uh, uh, for the 2006 World Cup, um, we were very, obviously, we were quite young at the time. And I, I told my mum, I was getting my hair cut, and I told my mum to go and pick up the England top. And she said, who do you want on the back? And I said, oh, make sure you get Joe Cole on the back. Because obviously he was doing very well, you know, for Chelsea at that time. And he was one of our good players, so to speak, at the time. However, my mum came out and put Ashley Cole on the back. Now, when you're an Arsenal fan in 2006, and Ashley Cole has just played the top from Arsenal to Chelsea, you've got to go and wear that shirt. 
it's a bit of a tough order to do at a what you know at an, what, eight years old so um yeah it was quite hard but that's the backstory to that but to you guys <laughs> for the third question <laughs> yeah very interesting story that luke um i certainly hope after the euros had finished that year that that went straight in the bin I don't think uh, I moving on <laughs> good 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 moving on to question number four Still sticking with the 2012 Euros, not normally represented in the England squad, Birmingham City had one player that was included within England's squad. Who was the player? One point for this. Oh, um... Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> he was still at Blues, I think, wasn't he? Just. A, a, a team very close to your heart, Pontus. So I'm going to come. I'm yeah, going to come definitely to you. close to my I'm, heart, aren't they? I'm going to close. I'm going to come to you for this answer. Any? Uh, <laughs> who have you got? Now, I've got a feeling some people listening might say Joe Hart because he did play for Blues, but it's not. It is a goalkeeper, though. I'm pretty sure it's Jack Butland. Ooh. And Luke? Oh, you've stumped me with Jack Butland because I was agreeing with you. Luke? I did think it was a, 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 a keeper, but I thought his name was like. Ian Martin or something like that, but I and I didn't think he played. I'm not going to say that. Um, oh, yeah, I'll go with Jack Butland. I'll go with Jack Butland. Okay, yeah, you were correct. It was Jack Butland, the uh, England goalkeeper currently at Stoke in the Championship. Yeah, so it was Jack Butland, so correct for that one. Uh, so we move on to question five. Moving on to the 2008 Euros. Obviously, we weren't part of the 2008 Euros. So, you know, moving on to the 2004 Euros, uh, England uh, again reached the quarterfinals and got knocked out on penalties to Portugal. What was the score at full time in that game? Luke's rubbing his hands together, uh, which is a very good sign. Uh, Matt's, oh, I think Matt's got it now. So, Matt, any idea? Are we doing it at full time or after extra time? Uh, at full time. At full time. Uh, uh, full. Just 90 minutes. Okay. I'm going to go with 1-1 one, one after 90 minutes. And Luke? Oh, God, you've stumped me now, yeah. We're we, we, we know it finished 2-2, two, two, didn't we? Um, but was it 2-2 two, two at the end of 90 minutes? I'm gonna say I'm gonna just just I'm gonna say it was two two after ninety minutes, but I think probably right. I'll say two two. I don't think it was any goals. Uh, so Matt, you went with one one, didn't you? Yeah, one one. Yeah, that, that is correct. It was one one. It was one one. So uh, Michael Owen scored uh, in three minutes. Pogista scored uh, to make it one one, going into extra time. Rui Costa scored in one hundred and ten minutes, and then Frank Lampard scored in one hundred and fifteen minutes to make it two two. Yeah, so Matt Ponter gets the points there. Moving on to question six. Within the 2004 squad, there were two players who were over 30 years old. One was Manchester City's David James, but who was the other player? So, we go with Luke Henry. Any idea for this one? Oh, it's a tough one, I've got to say. Um, I know Phil Neville was there. I think Phil Neville played, but was he 30 at the time? I'm not sure. And I know Gary Neville was there and I don't think he was 30 at the time. Um, I'm going to plump for a little bit of an, un well, I wouldn't say unsung hero. The fact that he made the squad. Uh, I'm going to say the rise for sell. And Matt Ponter? Hmm. I had David James on my head until you said him and I was like, damn it. I knew you were going to say him. Um, I can't think of who was in the team that year. I'm going to have to push you for time here, Matt. We're on a, we're on a tight <sighs> schedule. I'm going to say, I know he was there. I don't think he was like Emil Heskey. I don't think he was 30, though. OK, well, the first time in this round, you're both unfortunately wrong. Uh, interestingly, Darius Vassell was 23 years old oh, wow. uh, at that time. So he was very young still. Uh, and Heskey, uh, he was 26 years old. So wow. the actual answer was uh, former Leicester City goalkeeper, Ian Walker. Ian Walker. That's what I was thinking of earlier when I said about the keeper. Exactly. And that links back to what I was saying during that round. Very interesting. Yeah, but Ian Walker, goalkeeper for Leicester City at the yes. time. Moving on to question seven. 
Moving to the 2000, the 2000 Euros in Belgium and the Netherlands, who was the England manager at that time? So uh, this one, I think, would have been quite obvious uh, because his stint wasn't that long. Uh, but I'll go with Matt Ponter. Kevin Keegan. And Luke? Yeah, Kevin Keegan. Just resigned just before the 2001 and then Sven took over, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Howard that, Wilkinson that's correct. was the caretaker during that time, I think. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's correct. It was Kevin Keegan. Yeah, he was manager. And I think he, he, he came in 99, I think. And yeah, he did, he did leave uh, 2001, I think. Uh, but yeah, the answer was Kevin Keegan. Question eight. England, within that competition, didn't the knockout stage that year after finishing third in their group. But who was the only player involved in that squad that wasn't in for an English club. There was one player in that squad that was playing for a non-English club at the time. Who was that player? In 2000. Matt Ponter is shaking his head and dad. In 2000, yeah. Luke's got a bewildered face at the moment. That is the face I love to see when it's my round. It shows that my questions are good. So Matt Ponter's dancing, so we go with Matt Ponter for the first answer. Yeah, well, I kind of want to let Luke answer first. I don't need to just go snap. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Very, very good point there, Matt. Like you're, to... you're very well, you're very well educated within the quizzing system. So actually, I'll go. <laughs> I, you, you convinced me, so I'll go with Luke. Oh, I've just got to try and think of the year. Ray Wilkins was playing at AC Milan. Was it David Platt? Um, Chris Waddle was at Marseille. Um, Oh, it's just a toss-up between the year 2000. The year 2000 in Belgium and Netherlands. It's got to be... Ray Wilkins kind of been playing in 2000. No way, no way. No. No, definitely not. Chris Waddle. I'll say Chris Waddle. I'll say Chris Waddle. He's playing at Marseille. Chris Waddle and Matt Ponter. Midfield maestro Steve McManaman, Real Madrid. Yeah. Yeah, you're correct, Matt. Yeah, it was Steve McManaman for Real Madrid. That's correct. Yeah, he was the only uh, non-playing, you know, had had no club in England at that time. Um, uh, The rest of the squad was kind of Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool, Middlesbrough. You even had a Villa player in there. You had Gareth Barry that was part of that squad. So, yeah, it was... um, Don't forget our our current manager, Gareth Southgate, was also playing. Yes. Yes, of course. Yeah, he was uh, he was in the squad as well. He was at Miller at the time as well. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yes. So moving on to question nine. So similar to that previous question, for two points, can you name two players that were involved in the 1996 Euros that didn't play for an English club? Matt Ponter shaking his head there. So Matt, give me your answers, please. I'll give you one because I want to see if Luke... Can, uh, can get the other one first. First one, uh, Paul Gascoigne, I believe he was playing for, um, I, well, I support, well, follow Celtic, so he was playing for the rivals in the Rangers at the time. And, and Luke? Uh, I think the other one was Paul Ince. I think he left Manchester United and went to Inter Milan or something like that. Yeah, you're both correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Paul Ince for Rangers. Uh, uh, Paul Ince for Inter Milan, sorry, and Paul Gascoigne for Rangers. That is correct. Both points on the table there, boys. Well done. So we're coming down to the two final questions. That tournament was held in England and England made the semi-finals after losing on penalties to Germany. Alan Shearer finished top goal scorer, but who was England's second highest goal, uh, goal scorer in that tournament? And for a bonus point, what club did he play for at the time? Oh, did he score that many? You thinking what I'm thinking? I don't know. I think oh, is that meant to be an obvious question? I'm trying to think of what team he played for at the time for the bonus point because I really want the bonus point. <laughs> Who doesn't love the bonus point? Where was it? Was he? Was he there? I think he was there. <laughs> Was he there? I don't know. Was, was he, he there? Was he, he there? there? He was there at the tournament. Was he there? No. Um... Right. I'm going to have to rush you, boys. Uh, Luke Henry. 
What I'm just going to go mean? for the one I think it is. I'm going to go for Teddy Sheringham, and he was at Man United at the time. Or was he at West Ham? Uh, Matt Ponter. He's at West Ham. I've gone Teddy Sheringham. At West Ham. But, no, I think he was at Spurs at the time. He kind of been at Spurs. He was at Spurs in 2001. The, the answer... The answer... You'll be happy to both know that you were correct with Teddy Sheringham and he was at Tottenham Hotspur. So Matt yeah. Ponter gets both the points. Yeah, both the points there for Matt Ponter. He was yeah. at Spurs. So he went from Spurs to United back to Spurs? Um, hold on. Now you're asking me a good question. Because he was definitely uh, in Spurs. Yeah, like yeah, Spurs. yeah, Spurs to United to Spurs. Yeah. Because he played them in 2001. He was in the team where they Spurs lost. From, Spurs from 1992 to 97. Then he went from uh, to United from 97 to 2001. And then back to Spurs from 2001 to 2003. I thought, knew he was. God, I didn't think he was at Spurs. Wow, yeah. Congratulations there, Matt. You got both points there. Uh, so, moving on to the final question. Moving to the Euros in 1992. England finished bottom of their group. But can you name the three other teams that made up England's group and place them in the order that it finished? And that's for one point, or is it a point per... That's for three points. Three points. One point for the three teams. And a bonus if we get them in order. Yeah, so three points in this one. Who were... Huh? Who was in our group? Gosh. We got ninety-two. Where was ninety-two held? Good question. Uh ninety-two was held in Sweden. So Oh, okay. So Okay, I know one. Or maybe two. I don't have a clue. 92. I don't think that's the only one I probably haven't even looked at. The Euro 92. Because he didn't qualify. Didn't, didn't qualify until 1994. Got to the semis in 1990. But who did we play in 1992? In the Euros. In the Euros. And if you can put them in the order that it finished, so the teams that you tell me. If you can get all three, tell me the order that the table finished. <laughs> what do you think no, you... there's just one. Uh... Oh. Okay, well, I've got, I've got two teams. And I think I've got one of them in the correct position. It's just I haven't got a third team. And I know it would be wrong if I say it. So. That's one. Right, so we go with the leader. Uh, so far of this round we'll start off with Matt Ponter the order as well please okay so as you said we finished bottom I've got a feeling we have France in our group and they didn't qualify so they finished third Sweden won the group because we were in group one I think yeah I went through this with my dad the other day we went through all of this I'm just trying to remember it I can't remember who the, the, the team in the group was Greece, I'm going to say Greece, but I don't think it's Greece. So Sweden finished top. Sweden top, Greece second, and France third, you've gone. Yeah. And Luke? I've gone England bottom. I thought we would have had Sweden in it because you mentioned it was in Sweden, so I thought we would have had the host nation. I've plumped for Denmark as one of the teams, as well as Holland. So I'm just going to stick with them because I have literally no idea. Okay, well, I can say that you have both got two points from that. Uh, I think the order was the only problem there. Uh, So the actual order was Sweden's top. You're correct there. Uh, Denmark finished second. Uh, France finished third. And England finished bottom. So that was the order there. So it's two points each there because you both got Sweden and France, I believe. And I said Denmark. Denmark. So collectively, collectively we got three points, but it don't work like that. Unfortunately not, no. (laughs) 
So at the end of that round, we finish off with Matt has won with 12 points. And Luke, you've clawed it back at the end, kind of, to nine points. Well done. Handing back over to Luke Henry to round us off. Thank you, Curtis. So just type up the results again. So these are. Me come last this week with 14 points. Curtis in second with 17. And again, three weeks out of three. Matt Ponson with 20. So we can add that to the overall scores. Drum roll, please. On an unbeaten run. Look at this. Please. Don't see this from Aston Villa, but you see it from me. Unbeaten run. Invincibles. I don't think that's going to happen, is it? Go a whole season unbeaten. Come on, boys. It's getting tight at the bottom because on 39 points, it's both me and Curtis. And in the lead with 55 points is Matt Ponter. But there's a few more rounds still to go before the end of the series podcast. But don't worry, it's not over yet. We're going to play a round where we always play a little bit of commentary at the end. And this is that piece of commentary. So who scored this next goal in the podcast? The next goal wins. Maguire, Kane, Stones, now they break. And it's headed firmly in. International goal, tenth game for England, the biggest game of his career. Sweden nil, England won. And you can find the result of that on next week's podcast um, at the start of the show. Uh, a big thank you to uh, Curtis Goodwin. Thanks very much, Luke. Big thank you to Matt Ponter. Thank you for letting me win again, boys. It's been a pleasure. No worries, no worries. We'll change the rounds next week. You watch. Uh, We'll change the rounds next week. But we'll be back uh, next week. Enjoy the podcast. I hope you listen to it. And we'll be back next week for another rendition of the Next Goal Wins podcast. The podcast that isn't a podcast. Podcast.